1: Today on the Zavecast, the NBA's Final Four has been set, and one Tim Murray will get all nerdy basketball y with me, including a shocking prediction for one of the two series. I've got a brief take on the Matt Patricia developing story, and who hasn't wanted to hit on the first lady of DC News, Doreen Gensler? If you've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Friday, May 11, 2018. Thank you for wasting your precious data on me. It really does mean a lot. A lot to me. I appreciate it. Let's get cracking. Before I get to my Matt Patricia take, I want to say that I met Redskins running back Darius Geis on Thursday. Got to interview him briefly. If you want to see or hear that interview, follow me or follow my station here in D.C. at team Nine Eighty. That'd be the Team 980's Twitter feed, at Team980. You'll see clips of it there. Masterfully sliced and diced by Stevie Katz, our video Maven. And then also the full audio uh, of the full interview, I believe, is in the Elephant Audio Vault. It can be found at the website, The Team 980. It wasn't the greatest interview. I'm going to be upfront about that. And I want to tell you, well, I want to make excuses for myself as to why it wasn't great. So I come in on Thursday to Redskins Park, which is where the studios for our station are. Now, not all the studios, because Scott Lynn does his part for the show and Sally runs the show from the radio station's headquarters in Rockville. This is like a satellite studio that, because the team and their umbrella companies own the radio station, they have for a number of years, they said, hey, why don't we put a studio out at Redskins Park, because Cooley likes to do that. It's closer to where he lives, close to where I live, by the way. And we can bring in Redskins when they're, you know, available and want to talk. Okay, great. Great idea. So that's why I'm doing it out at Redskins Park. And I came into the park today to do the show as normal, not really thinking, oh hey, the rookies are in town this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, for the Redskins rookie minicamp. Now, I'm pretty dismissive of all these rookie mini camps and all these mini camps in general, because I think they're overcovered by the media they really don't do anything. Nothing important gets done, I don't believe. Oh, there's installation of st-. it's 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 bullshit. There's going to be practice all in August. And then there's going to be practice and there's going to be stuff they work on during the season. But okay, whatever. It's great marketing for the NFL. These mini camps. I'll I'll give them that. Great marketing. So I generally don't spend a lot of time sort of playing with our toy football soldiers. In the basement, going pew pew pew. Oh, oh, Darius Dice. Oh, he got him and Chris Thompson together. We're going to remember a touchdown. Like, I don't do that. If you do that with your team and your players, good on you. I mean, have fun. Stay in the basement all night. Play with your little figurines. That's cool. We all dream of football. I just, I'm going to eat football when it's on my plate. And we've got several more months of no football. So I generally don't prepare stuff, I don't think about these mini camps, whatever. So I come in and uh, I, I find out just right before the show begins that they are bringing in uh, some Redskins to talk on various radio shows. Uh, Zena, who is one of the PR guys for the Redskins, does a great job, says to me, uh, do you want somebody from the Rookies? And I go, ah, boy, you know, I really hadn't thought about that. And then I said, well, I'll take Darius Geis thinking haha they're not gonna give me Darius Geis because a lot of times you don't get the best players. You'll get lower level guys, guys that might not make the team, but Darius Geis, of course, maybe the most excited he's the he's the one player most Redskin fans are the most excited about because God, we have needed a fucking decent running back for so long. And this kid looks like an absolute beast. I mean, everyone says first round grade, but uh, you know what, something happened along the way and he slipped and slipped and slipped and we grabbed him in the second round. Anyway, I just say, Haha, I'll take Darius Geis. And he says, you want him? I can get him, maybe I'm running through. And I go, well, yeah, sure, for him, yeah, absolutely. He's like, all right, well, let me see what I can do. Okay, fine, just let me know. Now, I've got to go do the show, not knowing if Darius Geis is actually going to be available or not, where I'm going to slip him in, what segment I'm going to bump, because even though it sounds like my show is a complete meandering Non sequitur of what are we talking about next? There is some rough planning of I'm going to do this here, that there, blah blah blah. blah. So I I find out just minutes before the final segment of the first hour, I normally do the daily. Zabe that oh Darius Geis is going to be on. He's bringing him just give him one minute. I'm like oh shit now this is on now, now I got to think of some good question to ask him. Of course Zena had already said when I asked for Geis, he was like you're not going to don't be rough on him now. You're not going to be rough, are you? Like, I get this reputation somehow that I'm the big asshole at the station that's going to embarrass and or grill the players, and that is not the case. I am, at heart, a Redskins fanboy that wants desperately for this team to be good. So, but whatever. I got that rep, and that's fine. It's probably the Brunel interview from back in the day. So I assure Zen, I'm like, no. I said, no, we'll be cool. We're, you know, we'll, it'll be a good interview. We'll welcome him to town. Didn't they got to get him. So we get, you know, told, okay, you're going to have Darius Geis. So boom, he walks in the door. I got four minutes to kind of get my wits together and figure out, okay, what I'm going to ask him. Then we're in break, so we got to get him on set to get the headphones on. And instead of just like ignoring him for four minutes and grinding on Wikipedia and on other websites and like writing down questions and thinking, okay, hold on a second. What I like to do when I'm sitting next to somebody I'm going to interview is to just chat and just sort of loosen them up and just be a normal human being. Like, hey, man, what's up? You know, like, hey, how's the traffic up here? It's crazy, isn't it? You know, you got a place to live. You know, what's going on? Who's here with you? Is your mom up here with you? How's it been going? Blah, blah, blah. Casual talk. Well, I'm doing the casual talk and I don't have time then to really dig in on my questions and then figure out the sequencing of, okay, I'm going to start... Easy, easy, sort of hard, soft, harder, uh, open-ended, hypothetical, laugh question, and a goodbye. I I don't have time to plan all that, which I normally would roughly plan out how I'm going to start. So the interview was not that good, but it was okay. It was okay. If you want to listen to it, that's fine. It's always nerve-wracking because I don't want to look stupid. My impressions of Darius Geis was, first of all, he was the happiest and most... Amped up and enthusiastic guy I've ever interviewed as a player, especially as a rookie. Every football player that you end up meeting and interviewing is different. They really are like snowflakes. And by snowflakes, I don't mean easily triggered pussies. I mean, they're just, they're, everyone's different. They're all different personalities. Geis was just off the chain, excited, amped up, happy, inquisitive. He was interesting. He was interesting. And no, I did not ask him what happened in Philadelphia. Did you really get into a fight up there? I didn't ask him off the air. I didn't ask him on the air. Didn't ask him about, so some people were saying you lied about the whole question about, you know, is your mom a hooker or do you like men? And I didn't bring that up on the air. Didn't bring it up off the air. And I didn't do it for a specific reason. Because I wanted it to be a fun, light interview. And no, I don't have to ask those questions. Some people feel like if you have the opportunity, you have to ask him about the biggest issues surrounding him. Otherwise, you're not doing your job. As Bill Belichick would say, do your job. Well, you could say that's my job, but is it? I'm a sports radio talk show host. I'm a fan of the team. I want to be able to get other players given that their PR guy is sitting right there watching the interview. I want to get Darius Geist back on the show if he has a good feeling about this first interview. I want the listeners to go, God, man, that was a great interview. Darius Geist seems really upbeat and happy and funny, and it was a nice, lighthearted exchange. I don't want the fans of the team to hear the interview and hear the second question. Oh, God, the fucking combine issue again. Really? So I think my job... I look at my job differently than some people, and my job, I thought, was to have a good, lighthearted interview, and so I didn't bring those things up, in part because, guess what? It's over with, number one. And number two, it's it's going to lead to him tensing up and closing down and getting more defensive in the interview, and that's not what I want. So let's hope Darius Geis absolutely tears people a new asshole this year running for the Washington Redskins because I'm a fan, and uh, he seems like a nice fella who's super excited to be a Redskin, super excited to be in the NFL. All right, Matt Patricia. Well, 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 what are we going to do with the Matt Patricia story? 22 years ago, a grand jury indictment was handed down saying that a woman claimed he had broken into her hotel room with another football player at the time and sexually assaulted her. Raped, sexually assault. I'm a little fuzzy on the specifics of it. Anyhow, it turns out he denied it the whole time and denied it yesterday in a presser. And the woman who filed the complaint ended up retracting her complaint and the case fell apart and poof, vanished. Vanished into the ether for many years. Was, you know, I guess available on public records as late as 2004 Or as early as 2004, it might not have been available prior to that. I'm not sure how long it was before the records were unsealed. But a reporter in Detroit found it and brought it up, and now everyone's scrambling. And of course, at the presser, Matt Patricia insisted, nothing happened, I was wrongfully accused, and I am fighting to clear my name. And he repeated that over and over. And then he took questions. And of course, the questions immediately began to get sideways. Where the reporters wanted to then try the case, which fell apart and was dismissed 22 years ago. They wanted to try the case without the benefit of cross-examination of the accuser or any evidentiary processes of, okay, let's gather some evidence, let's interview some witnesses. They didn't want any of this. They just wanted to try the case right there by asking Matt Patricia, well, so we'll you know what did you do did you go do, can you just say that you didn't go into a room that you didn't have even consensual sex with this woman it's like hey and patricia was just saying i you know i'm not going to talk about it case was dismissed and i was wrongly accused and of course that did not satisfy some in the media did not satisfy some Idiots on message boards saying, I don't know why I can't just say, I never went in the hotel room and I never had sex with her. It. Why it's so hard as that? By being evasive, it sounds like he was guilty. It sounds like something might have happened. Uh, one reporter, idiot, said something along the lines of, well, if you say nothing happened, how could it be then that a grand jury uh, put forth this charge or handed down this initial charge? God does not... How dumb are reporters? Do they not know that despite it sounding very scary, grand jury, it is easy to send down a grand jury indictment on just about anything. The old saying in law is you can indict a ham sandwich with a grand jury. That a grand jury does only hears one side of the story. They don't hear the defense's side. Very little, if any, evidence is, is included as well. It's like the most preliminary of steps if there isn't a lot of copious evidence or direct eyewitness to a crime. And many grand jury indictments get thrown out or dissolved or never come to fruition. And yes, a lot of them involve false accusations. So in other words, a grand jury indictment doesn't mean shit. But now it becomes a game of gotcha, and when they play the gotcha game, they eventually get you, and then it's like, aha, and that's when you get cooked. So Patricia said, I'm not going to play that game. We'll see how long a cycle this story is. Let's see if something else comes out. More importantly, let's see if this accuser from 22 years ago says, you know what? I'm going to come out and tell my story, and I'm going to give details that are lurid and horrible and unbelievable. They may be true, they may not be true, but I'm going to come out and tell my side. And then Matt Patricia is going to feel compelled to say, that's not what happened, actually this happened, and oh, by the way, did you know that this woman also ding, 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 ding. Guess what now? You are now trying a case without any of the rules of our judicial system in the media 22 years after it had been dismissed. That is not anything you want to do. What I really wish the Lions would have done, and the Lions have supported him so far, if nothing else but out of the fact that he could be a very good coach for them, and secondly, they don't want to look stupid for having to fire him, and then I'm sure he would sue, saying, hey, where's my money? Knock, knock. But I wish the Lions would come out and say this. You know what? We didn't know about this, but it doesn't bother us. He was accused of something, he says falsely, and the legal system, which I trust above everything else including the moral rectitude of Roger Goodell, the legal system said there's nothing here. Dismissed. And I treat that as supreme. We do as the Detroit Lions. And you know what? Even if we had found out that 22 years ago, our new head coach, Matt Patricia, had been in jail, had been convicted of sexual assault, and had spent a year in jail and got out of jail, we still wouldn't fire him today because guess what? Since that time, he has been an absolute pillar of society. He is a family man. He has redeemed his life, and he has blown us away with his integrity in his interview for the head coaching job. And according to us, as his employer, we believe in the phrase, has served his debt to society. Isn't that what it's supposed to be about? If you take away any chance for redemption, then you're setting up a very dangerous situation. There should almost always, unless the crime was so heinous and the person in jail was in jail for a long time and you knew about it before you hired him. That's about the only way I think that you should say, you know what, even though he served his debt to society, we don't want to employ somebody like that. The Lions could have had a chance to say, look, we don't, we don't care. I mean, we care about the issue, obviously, but we don't care about this because uh, we're on Matt Patricia's side. And even if he had gone to jail, guess what? He's been an upstanding member for 22 years since. Every, everyone should get that chance to redeem themselves. Otherwise, there's no reason to have prisons. There's no reason to have uh, people go into prisons to try to rehabilitate prisoners and so they can be reintroduced to free society. Then just everyone who goes to jail, we should just kill them. Because, like, okay, you uh, committed a crime, and that's it. Of course, the other dirty little secret about this is that only one type of crime is deemed by the moral media and the moral high grounders in the NFL to be unsalvageable. That there is no coming back from it. It's a death sentence in terms of you as a public figure, and that is anything involving sexual assault or sexual harassment now with women. Every other crime, every other action hey, you know what, you could probably come back from that. It's literally now becoming better to actually murder somebody than it is to perhaps have made a pass at somebody and have had your advances rejected, and then to have that woman come at you 10, 20 years later and say, yeah, he made a pass at me. I know in this case it was allegedly at first more than that, But I'm talking about the Tom Brokaw situations of the world and others. So we'll see what happens with Matt Patricia. Time to talk some basketball.
0: Alright,
1: so it's good to talk basketball with a guy who actually played at a decent high level. The Muhlenberg Mule, Timmy Murray, is our Friday guest. What's up, Timbo? Hello, Steve Zabin. Steve, hello, Steve. Steve, hello. So it's going to be almost all basketball with you tonight. I, like I hope it. you don't mind that. Do you mind that? I, I like talking basketball. You know, I since like you talking. play basketball, played once upon a time. By once the way, once upon you, a time, do you get out to play any pickup these days? You know,
2: it's funny. The guys in uh, in my neighborhood. So I've lived in my neighborhood for about three years now, okay. and uh, about a year in, a couple guys were like, "Hey, uh, you're tall." you play basketball? I was like, yeah, I played. They're like, you should join our pickup game. So I played in probably about four or five, and then my son was born, and I haven't gone back. <laughs>
1: so you haven't played a pickup game since your son was
2: born? Uh, I think I played like one or two, but they play at seven o'clock on Mondays, Wow! and my son goes to sleep usually around seven, and then we eat dinner. You know me and the wife. So if it was at eight o'clock, I definitely could do it. But seven o'clock is just tough to pull off. So I uh, I always get the the group text. I'm still on it. I guess they haven't given up hope that you know my ogre six foot six ass <laughs> could get out there and uh, throw up some bricks. But uh, haven't gone in quite some time.
1: Okay, so let's talk Final Four. And by the way, my dream, my personal dream, of Pelicans Jazz. Uh, as well as the Raptors and the Pacers. That was my dream Final Four, Murray. and It just didn't come home, you know. I've been led to believe the NBA slogan is, the NBA, where anything can happen. Oh no, anything can happen. The Final Four is exactly the four teams everybody thought way back when would meet. Is that a problem? We'll start with that question.
2: I don't think it is. I I think it is. I I would prefer LeBron James and the Warriors and the Rockets to be in it. Uh, The Celtics are fascinating because, yes, preseason, they were expected to be here. but they were loaded with Kyrie and Gordon. And then 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 Gordon destroys his leg day one, and then Kyrie Irving gets hurt, and Brad Stevens just a Jedi ninja and figures out ways to to get into, into these spots. But I don't. Personally, think it's bad, but I'll say this: I'm not a regular season basketball, NBA basketball junkie. I love the playoffs, Dave. I can't get enough of them. I I sit down, I watch as much playoff basketball as I can because it's quality, it's
1: hard fought, it's strategic. But in the regular season, it's pretty much garbage. It is, and it's treated as such. And we're going to see more and more of this as teams. They were warned by the league, basically. Stop tanking in the regular season. It's a bad look. Stop resting your star players when you go to travel to another city, especially a cross-conference city. If you're LeBron James and the Cavaliers or if you're any other team with a star player, don't sit on a one-off trip to another city with a shitty team like, say, Sacramento when you're playing cross-conference because it's just bad for the product. All these little jimmies. In Sacramento, California, with their LeBron James posters, and they bought tickets. Their daddies bought tickets back in Christmas time. We're going to see LeBron come to town, Feb 19. And then the last minute, they're like, LeBron's not coming. He's not going to play. And you're like, Ugh. so the league warned against that. They said, don't do that. But there'll be more strategic tanking going on because the regular season just doesn't matter. It's awful. It's It's not a good product. But once
2: we get here, this is so compelling. It is great. And I'm fascinated. And, and, and Zabe, you've been watching basketball longer than I have.
1: It is, but not as closely. But it is And very, I haven't understood it, what I've looked at because you played and I didn't. <laughs> but I've looked at it, yes. But it is very interesting to me because,
2: in the end, Jimmy's and Joe's are better than X's and O's. That's oh, what we've been told.
1: Who's who, who? came up with that one? You know that line, right? I don't know. Who did I steal that from? I didn't make it up myself. I know I've, that. Well, it's like an old coaching term. I believe yeah. I heard uh, Phil Martelli use that back handsome in the day. Handsome devil, handsome devil. That handsome guy devil is. Mm, Phil Martelli. What a handsome man. The, Phil J, the old is. phrase "Jimmy's and Jimmy and Jimmy's and Joe's are better than X's and O's" means if you have the better players, you're going to win. There's not right. enough. Sorcery in the strategery to overcome the fact if you don't have better players. But let's say that's this. what Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is defying that now,
2: defying that to an extent. The Celtics are not going to win the NBA Finals. There are very, why do you say that? Because they can they get s- there?
1: They could get there. Then, I then think if they, they can could. get there, why can't they win? Because the Warriors are just that. Whoa! Much whoa, whoa! 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 Did you or just the Rockets. Con- <laughs> or the Rockets. Did you just concede the West? I think that's a, called a tease. Timmy has already tipped off his pick in the West. Let's stay in the I'll East. I'll give you my Western Conference pick later on. Uh, in coming the show. up here on the podcast in about 14 minutes, we're going to tell you what's up in the Western Conference. But we're in the East right now. Tim Murray's joining us from Espionation AM, <laughs> talking basketball right now. So, Brad Stevens, uh, we all agree he's a wizard, uh, and he got zero, zero coaching votes, zero votes for Coach of the Year from his fellow coaches. Pretty. They're
2: jealous. They're jealous. Conspiracy theory. They're all jealous about how much we bow down to him and we being the media. Oh, we love
1: Brad Stevens. So there's, it's jealousy. That's what it is, Zabe. Jealousy. You know, you know what someone said to me in an email? They said, and I think they were joking. It's a case of CWW. Coaching while white. <laughs> That basically Brad Stevens was the result of reverse racism where they saw a coach in Dwayne Casey who happens to be black who had a great regular season. Let's not take that away from him. And, you know, the social conscience of the league's coaches are like, all right, let's make sure a black guy wins at this time. He deserves it. And then, oops, Brad Stevens in the playoffs goes on to be really, really good. But it's a regular season vote.
2: All the players love Brad Stevens. And... I think he will. I don't know. I mean, here's the
1: thing. By the way, he I don't should... subscribe to the coaching while white thing. I'm just saying what's going to know sent to me. Because um, plenty of white coaches have already won Coach of the Year. It doesn't really Yeah,
2: matter. I mean, last year was was D'Antoni. The year before it was Kerr. The year before it was Budenholzer. So those are bing, bang, boom, three white dudes. Budenholzer.
1: Um, who is Was that the that? Budenholzer Atlanta year where they were a fraudulent yes. one, just like Toronto was a fraudulent one this year? Indeed.
2: That yeah. is absolutely correct. When they started like forty and oh and were like, whoa, yeah, are the are the Hawks actually good? And then no, no, they're yeah. not that good. Um I don't know if I don't know if Brad Stevens I, I think you could have a fair argument that uh, Dwayne Casey should win coach of the year. They went fifty nine and twenty three. They got to heights they had never been before in the regular season, but the fact that they were without Gordon Hayworth the entire year and Kyrie Irving gets banged up and they get the two seed in the East and he doesn't get any votes. So the other other guys who got votes, Brett Brown, I think deserves some votes. Okay. Sure. Trust me. Mike Dantoni. Process. Mike okay. Dantoni. Sure. Best team in the NBA. Sixty seven wins. Pretty darn good. Uh Nate McMillan. Yeah yeah, they were a five seed. They got rid of Paul George. Okay. Greg Popovich this year? No. I don't know about that one. I mean, they didn't have Kawhi, so that could be an argument. Uh, Quint a... Snyder from Utah, I think, yeah, Quinn Snyder could be in the conversation. If, uh, if there
1: was an expansion draft for coaches, meaning mm-hmm. every coach was released from his team, every team was thrown into a hopper, and you picked the order, and you could force the coach to come to your city and coach, don't you think that uh, you know Brad Stevens would be the number one, number one pick in an expansion? 100%. 100%. 100 percent because of brad stevens has dynamics and everything else and he's
2: become he's he's doing things with with this roster he's doing things that hasn't been done before the fact that you know these past two years abe last year they got to the eastern conference finals beat our wizards in the eastern conference semis now they
1: had isaiah thomas with kelly O'Linick
2: in that seventh game crazy on us Marcus Smart was still there and I mean what they're doing this year and Al Horford is an
1: all-star he's not a superstar he's an all-star player so he's very good you like him getting up on that alley-oop late in the game oh my god like where did those hops come from How about the
2: balls of Jason Tatum on that play? It's 109-105. They're trailing by four with a minute and a half to go, and he throws an over-the-head alley-oop, and Horford rises up to throw it down. (laughs) I mean, both sides of that, you're like, wow, that takes some nuts to do that. Uh, And then the, the best one, though, is that Doc Rivers got a vote. I don't know who voted for Doc Rivers. Maybe it was Brad Stevens who oh just did God. the throwaway vote. I didn't like, even
1: look at the voting totals. You're telling me that Doc Rivers got a vote. Doc Rivers got a vote. That's a fucking joke.
2: Absolutely, one hundred percent. my first f bomb of,
1: of the podcast. Here's my coupon. I brought some coupons for for f bomb coupons. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I haven't. I, I didn't go to the coupon store today. I did go to Seven Eleven. Use my app. So I've do, got you a any, do you have any? Do you have
1: any f bomb coupons tonight? I don't know. I've used. A, I used a lot. Okay, uh, here. I've used a lot. I'm gonna give you five. I got. All right, left. thank you. One, two, three, four, five. Spend them wisely, my friend. All right. By the way, fuck. Lo- oh, well, there's one. Oh, gee, you just you <sighs> wasted one. What are you doing, Murray? So <laughs> down to four. Down to four. So a long time ago, probably before you were born, Dick Vitale was caught on a radio interview, not knowing that he was on the air. Mm. And this was when Horford and Noah were at Florida and they were coming out and without knowing he was on the air, Vital was raving about how, you know, my people say that Horford's going to be a better player. Horford's going to be the better player. That's what they're saying. (laughs) That actually happened a long time ago. And that certainly played out. Not that Noah has sucked, but Al Horford has been very, very good. He
2: has been. He, he is. And look, he would have been a wizard if uh, the Wizards had better crowds. Is that why he turned us down? Uh, no. He, I'm sure he wanted to go to Boston, but it wasn't as his dad who came out and said, you know, uh, the Boston fans are more loyal and it's better crowd and, and all this and that. Uh, I don't know if I believe it. I think he just wanted to go to Boston, which I don't blame him.
1: At some point, our Wizards, Timmy, are going to have to get a culture and a mojo that attracts people that makes them want to come here because i didn't think it was possible i thought we were like a b league nba city and philadelphia has done it because they may get lebron james which we'll get to in a quick second so about do you know what we didn't hit on
2: and i'm sure you've talked about it and you talked about it on your show and maybe you talked about it on this podcast the secret extension from Ernest, your boy Ted,
1: Ernest Grunfeld. Yeah, how about that, huh? We, you, and the I never The secret about
2: that. extension. It was on the list last week, and we
1: we had just such
2: fascinating conversations that it, we didn't get to it.
1: It's uh, it's maybe one of the biggest fuck you's There's my second coupon. There thing. you go. Maybe one of the biggest fuck yous. No, that's not a third coupon. I no, I that's the same thing. I'm just repeating myself. I'm now arguing with the coupon referees. Can you believe it? The f coupon to, referees. Let's go, think, to <laughs> let's go to review. Let's go to review. Let's go to replay. Let's go to replay. Um, <laughs> no, we'll it put was, on the headset. The headset's on. No, you're good. No, okay. You're good. All right, this one doesn't count because I'm just resetting here. That move is one of the biggest fuck yous to a fan base in DC sports history. Period. Full stop unaccountable, secretive, unjustified after 15 years of absolute mediocrity on his best day and shitocracy on his worst days. Okay, I'll hang up and listen to your answer off the air. Uh, I think you hit the nail
2: pretty much on the head. That Him giving Ernie Grunfeld a secret extension with no press conference, no press release, he knows... That it would have been, that it would have been overwhelmingly criticized right. by this fan base. Right. So he gave him a. Who does that? You gave the guy a secret extension because you, in your heart of hearts, know that he should be gone. Now I'm not a, uh, you know, burn Ernie at the stake guy like maybe you know one guy we know. Who are you talking about, baby? I don't. I love to- I, Tommy. I love Ernie. Tommy. Levero. That man hates Ernie Grunfeld with a fiery, fiery passion. Um, but he doesn't deserve an extension at this point. Okay, well, you you said Ted in his heart of hearts knows he doesn't deserve it, right? Right. He fired oh, okay. George McPhee because at that point they missed the
1: playoffs. It had been a long time. and He, right. he, he knew a change needed to, hold, to happen. Hold that thought for a second. What if Ted does not believe in his heart of hearts? Then, then why wouldn't he make a press release and make a to-do about it? We
2: have extended
1: Maybe Ernie because Grunfeld. Maybe because he doesn't want to deal with us assholes in the media. And maybe this is his way of going, I know I'm right. And I'm going to do what I think is right. And I'm not going to answer to you jackals in the press. So, no, we're not going to have a presser. I'm not going to explain why I think Ernie is good. And you guys are just going to have to deal with it. You can't force me to have a presser. Remember, billionaires are always right because they have a billion dollars and they have huge egos. And Ted is no different. Ted comes off as the spo- soft-spoken, soft-spoken, humble billionaire, but he's still a billionaire. So I'm just saying. Well, anyway, enough about Ernie. We're stuck. Yeah. We're stuck. We're stuck. Yeah, there's you, nothing you know. You, you know, we're, s- we're we're stuck as the fourth best team at best in at the best. East. For the foreseeable several four years, three four years till this thing untangles itself and we start over with maybe Ernie still at the helm. Let's get to uh, the other Western Cup. Let's get well. Okay, in the East, you going against LeBron? LeBron and the Cavaliers no, slight favorite. I
2: do. I do think these games are going to be incredible chess matches. Um, I've been extremely impressed by the play of Jason Tatum, even though he's a rookie. I mean, you saw one rookie and Ben Simmons melt down in that series. Did you see Ben Simmons t-
1: plus minus versus on the floor, not on the floor? I did not. Uh the plus minus for the Sixers when he was on the court was minus sixty-three. When he was on the court it was plus forty two. Is that good, yeah, Murray? That's, no, no, that's not very good. Okay, no, I don't like, like Ben Simmons. I think he's gonna I'm, be good, but okay, yeah, he was you, not good in this series. Did you see the shot chart for Ben Simmons in the series? Uh, it had to been all in the paint. <laughs> yes. He refuses to shoot. Exactly. And no matter what guys say, like Scott was trotting the argument out today with me, about, but they've got shooters. Redick and Ilyasova and Saric. They got guys. And I said, that doesn't matter. A complete actual player in today's NBA has to be able to shoot. Period. Like, you've got to have some kind of shot. Otherwise, and it's to be limited. Am I wrong about that? No. And, Zabe, it's going to be on him now. You're going to learn a lot
2: more about Ben Simmons over the next couple of years. What type of player is he? Look, LeBron early in his career had holes in his game, and after he lost to the Mavericks or the Heat lost to the Mavericks, he said, look, I need to get better at my post-up game. And he got better at his post-up game. So is Ben Simmons going to dedicate himself to becoming a better jump shooter because for the first time in his entire life he is not the best player on the floor yeah. at every si- single moment and and there are good good coaches out there like Brad Stevens who in a 7 game series are going to expose that in the regular season you don't get exposed because you don't have these types of of chess matches but in 7 game series you do right. and it was
1: pretty impressive what Brad Stevens did and said Pfft, go ahead shoot how many games, Cavaliers, Celtics? I'm going to say six. Six games. Mm-hmm. Average points per game, LeBron James over-under in the six-game series. Go. I will say, am I setting the over-under set for it. us?
2: All right, set I'm going to say
1: 32.5. I'm going over. Rebounds? Set the over-under? Uh, 8.5. I'm going over, and the assists. Go ahead. Seven point five. I'm going under on that. Over, over, under. Points, rebound, assist. How many forty point games for LeBron James in a best of six series? Which I presume you say the Cavaliers are winning. Cavaliers okay. in six. Right. Uh,
2: let's do forty,
1: 40 point, point game. games
2: at two and a half.
1: I'll take the over. Man, in fact, I'm
2: hammering the over. You're gonna go. Oh, two you're fists going in. On. And LeBron is just
1: Superman continued. I don't know, though. Steven's going to cook up something good for him. He's not going to be like Dwayne Casey going, well, I guess we'll let him take the last shot. I hope he misses. Okay, let me change that. Let me change that. Rip that ticket up. I want the under now. On the, under, under, under on all of it? No, no. <laughs> just the under on the 40-point games. Okay. So give me the uh, two 40-point games under two and a half on the unofficial Murray line. Uh, I oh, will go... Yeah? I will go... Uh, he'll average well, wait, you over can't 32 over and under and then go over or under i can't no you got to hit it on the number oh okay <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> all right go ahead play your own over under over
2: on points under on rebounds over on assists under on 40 point games
1: okay over under number of scuffles that lead to double technicals in the series these are not necessarily fights that lead to suspensions, but pushing matches, grabbing matches, grab ass, tomfoolery that leads to double tees. Over under two and a half. I'm gonna say under. I okay. just feel like these two more teams serious don't of, hate okay. each other. Right. They don't hate each other. Uh, over under wi- or a uh, proposition bet? Yes or no? Will Kevin Love's lack of production be a storyline at some point in the series? Yes. Minus one ten no plus 160 go it will be yes okay so you're playing the yes on that one uh yes or no proposition J.R. smith will take a shot that makes your head explode it's so bad
2: oh 100 yes <laughs> i don't know what the rate i don't yes, know what it is but I'm yes
1: minus 600 <laughs> no plus 750 <laughs> i don't care i'm making money give me okay. yes <laughs> all right uh celtics ones uh boy yeah, those know, are tougher. I don't know we get some Celtics. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, like, like, interesting stuff. Certainly, Cleveland's the more interesting team with LeBron and with the deplorables, the basket of deplorables that he rolls out there. But they've been playing better. <laughs> they Tell have me, been playing better. Did you basket. enjoy? Did you, did you enjoy the SNL skit of were the other that Cavaliers? Was fa- that was fantastic. <laughs> and to think that they didn't run that in real time—that they cut it for time. What idiot looks at that skit and says? Yeah, it's not very strong, not very funny. Let's that just... didn't go
2: on the live SNL.
1: No, no they said they said it was cut for time. I said that shit should have led the show. That was hysterical. <laughs> yes, I was <laughs> laughing my ass off, and that's kind of that kind of
2: goes to where we are in in this day and age. Where I assumed it was in the show. I didn't watch SNL live. I never do. Never I never do. Yeah, wait for the I clips. Watch, if something's funny, I watch the open on Sunday morning and I watched you know, a weekend update and, and anything else that's pretty funny.
1: I love the high five guy. I love the guy that said, you know, when you roll the ball up to save time, I'm pretty good at that. Our point, I'm, fo- I'm 45. <laughs> our point guard is a Roomba. <laughs> I used the Roomba the other day. Do you have a Roomba? Don't have one. How is it? Give me a scouting report. Uh, well, you've got a dog. Yes. Uh, your dog will not like it. Oh, I bet the dog looks at it like it's oh, possessed. Like my what dog is was this?
2: flipping out. <laughs> he was looking at that thing. He ran up the hallway. He's barking at it. It's kind of creepy. The Roomba. Sure. How it, is. it just has a mind of its own, and it hits something. It's like must turn now. I'm I, it it creeped me out. Well, it bet- was my neighbor. My neighbor who's got a, a young kid, was like, you should try the Roomba. It's great. And I'm like, all right. So he dropped it off. I tried it.
1: It's like 400 bucks, too. So okay. I, I'm good. I'm okay. good with the normal. All right. Here's player. here's a proposition for you. Which would be the more effective point guard, a Roomba or Markel Fultz? <laughs> was <a> cheap shot. <laughs> uh, Markel Fultz, a DNPCD in the deciding game number five, in which his counterpart, Jason Tatum, who was traded down for with extra picks, had a great game and was hit. If not the game-winning basket, the go-ahead basket late. Prince so Prince another King. another proposition bet.
2: So you you brought up uh, Kevin Love. And remember, after game two, which is on Tuesday, we've got three days off between this series. I know. It's brutal. So there's going to be plenty of time. So let's say the Celtics have, have – it's 1-1, Celtics-Cavs, yep. 1-1 going to Cleveland. Yep. Will a topic of discussion be do – the Celtics need Kyrie Irving.
1: Oh, I think that's already been one.
2: I saw your boy Nick Wright bring up the fact that the Cavaliers are in the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie Irving. Why the do they Celtics are in the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie Irving. So yeah. I guess
1: his point was he's meaningless? Not a fan of Kyrie Irving, I guess. I guess. not. Well, he's the yes ultimate or no. LeBron. Lover. Yes or no. If LeBron does have three more buzzer beaters in the series. Will Nick Wright's head explode? <laughs> yes. Will, will, will he melt into a puddle of unadulterated joy? Yes, minus 110, no, plus 1,000. Yes. All right, so you like the Cavaliers and six. I guess I'll go with that. I don't really have a strong pick either way. I don't even know who I'm going to root for in the series, which is interesting, because normally I'd root against LeBron all the time, every time, but I've come to appreciate the fact that it's more fun when LeBron loses as last as he can, meaning at the highest... Like, I want LeBron to fall off the mountain at the peak <laughs> in Game 7 against the Warriors. That would be great. But also, I just like
2: being entertained, and I guess to you, that is entertainment for him to lose at the last moment.
1: I don't want to see the Celtics playing because Golden State Warriors, because they're
2: they're not they're a not very that good.
1: talented team. So that's a five-game series versus LeBron that's could f- maybe push it to six. Four-game series. Even if it's a sweep... Even if the Cavaliers
2: get swept, LeBron's going to go for 40, 15, and 10. So at least that'll be entertaining. Who, what are we going to watch? Terry Rozier? Scary and, Terry in his T-shirts. How about Drew Bledsoe getting the, the love he got? Man, they were milking that storyline
1: like I, crazy. I, I was like, okay, he can we a, chill out on this? Bledsoe, it's Drew Bledsoe. Bledsoe was at the podium yes. after the game. Talking now, about how he's going to make a Terry Rosé. Because he's got a winery. I saw that and I was like, "Who the fuck cares what he thinks?" That's a coupon. That was a well-spent f bomb. There it goes, right there. You gonna have that? I got one left on to mine right now. I, still I know have you're four really horny. Like timeouts, you got them. No, my thought was, okay, it's fine that he was at the game in a Rosier jersey, but why yeah, would the you, whole why would team. you put him Why would you put him on a podium? He has nothing to do with the team. And oh, by the way, he's one of the rare Boston athletes who didn't win shit. He was the guy who he luckily, lost the farf. Luckily, he, well, you're right. But luckily, his spleen exploded at just the right time to let Tom Brady come in. Maybe so, that's why he's a hero, because they're like, yay, you're the reason we have Tom Brady. I guess so. He did, in fairness. He won the, the road AFC championship game at Pittsburgh. Yes, he did. In the second half after Brady went out with the ankle injury. So at least there was that. Okay, so let's get off of the east. Let's go to the west. And let me just start by saying this about James Harden. I do not like him, Sam I am. I do not like him in a car. I do not like him from afar. I do not like James Harden in the court. I do not like James James Harden (laughs) (laughs) in an airport. I do not like him, period. Doesn't mean I don't understand that he is a great player. I just, a couple things bother me. One, the beard. It skeeves me. It skeeves me out. I think it's all glistening. Does LeBron's beard skeeve you out, or is it just, it doesn't have the full girth? LeBron's beard is stupid, but it's also gross. But but James Harden's beard is glistening with sweat and hair product and who knows what else. And it, ugh, disgusting. That's number one. Number two is that his defense, James Harden, has been noted and chronicled on the interwebs as complete shit. Now, it's better now, I think, because people aren't making as much fun of it. But once upon a time, the James Harden okie Doke was the laugh follow on Twitter. Am I right about that? Yes. Okay. Three, his moves could be illegal. The step-back jumper, I've seen dissertations on that's a walk. Others, mostly Houston fanboys, scream, no, it's not. The Eurostep is kind of pseudo-cheaty. And his flailing his arms up by putting them into a defender, which draws a billion fouls, is also pseudo-cheaty. So I don't like that about him. And then, of course, last year in the playoffs, he completely disappeared in a unbelievably despicable home game six performance that looked like he was on drugs, drunk, or had money on the other team. And then he went out to a strip club that same night like, I don't give a fuck. All that said, he's a hell of a player. I'll hang up and listen to your answer off the air.
2: I'm I'm excited to see how he'll respond because he had such an incredible regular season. He was consistent all year, and now's his moment. Here you are in the Western Conference Finals, and I know everyone made a big deal about Chris Paul making an Eastern con- or sorry a Conference Finals, yep. and he man did that dude fucking ball out. There's one. Ding. In in game giving
1: that coupon, okay, thank you. In Got game you.
2: number five against Utah, laps. that that was tremendous. He had Donovan Mitchell go nuts in the third quarter, and then Chris Paul just went absolute apeshit, and it was fun to watch. But I'm, I'm I just once again kind of going back to what I like about LeBron is that I enjoy watching the players, elite players, play at their best. In order for Houston to make this a series. James Harden has to play like he did all year. So i you I'm pulling feel about, for
1: him to play well. How do you feel about Harden? You have not really said. You've danced around it. You talked about Chris Paul. You talked about LeBron. I want to know what do you think of Harden? Do you like Harden? It's not a trick. He's growing yet. on me. I, <laughs> no, I you. I'm not a huge
2: I'm not a huge Harden believer. Right. I am very low on Russell Westbrook. I think he'll uh, Russell Westbrook puts up great stats, but he, a lot of them are empty stats like the assists um, or, or
1: uncontested think, rebounds. An easy yeah, one I, to ring he'll up.
2: He'll never and he does shit like he did in the Utah series where he was enamored by Ricky Rubio yeah. and basically lost him that game. Um, so I'm comparing, kind of, I'm kind of met on James Harden. I'll okay. be honest. I
1: mean, he's a great talent. But If he's the MVP this year, then we would have back-to-back years of Westbrook last year, Harden this year. You tell me, who's the better player? Who would I rather Total have? player. And, well, answer, I would rather have
2: on my team James Harden. What does that mean versus better player? That he's the, the better, better talent. Well, I think there's difference. If, you, if I'm starting a team, if, uh, if, you know, instead of Ernie Grunfeld getting extension... <laughs> <laughs> I'm the GM of the Wizards, and I could get Harden or okay, Westbrook. Expansion I'm going draft Harden.
1: assessment. Okay, he- yes. Harden would be your guy. Yes. By over the way, Westbrook. Do you think if they had paid the luxury tax in Oklahoma City and kept all three—Durant, Harden, and Westbrook—could that have worked? When when all three blossomed into who they are? Because think about it: if Harden wins the MVP this year, Bing, Bang. Boom. All three of one, And they were all on the same team at once. And the cheap asses in Oklahoma City are like, I don't want to pay the luxury tax. Let's trade them. How, how incredible is that? It's pretty incredible, but it might not have worked because Lord knows Westbrook and Harden alone are high-volume shooters. And Durant was getting pissy about not getting his shots either. I don't know if it – I mean, but
2: they made the finals – in 20 sure what was did. it 2013 LeBron Le, the heat's first title whatever so uh, do you remember what harden was traded for by the way Pop i know toys. that bradley be they could have got it for bradley beal i know that really straight up uh there would have been some other pieces okay. but he would have been the the main piece to go that that was on the table in the wizards
1: reportedly right, for said an no. additional 5 f bomb coupons Ooh. That you can spend any time. They're carryover. They're rollover F-bomb coupons tonight, tomorrow, whenever. Tell me the two players. I'll tell you that two first-round picks went to Oklahoma City for James Harden and then two players went to OKC along with it from the Houston Rockets. I know Kevin Martin was in it. There's one! Come on, Murray! I so want to. I've got these coupons right here It could be all yours.
2: I I can't. It was some random jabroni. Jeremy Lamb. Yep, random jabroni.
1: Total random jabroni. Okay, so UConn great Jeremy Lamb, right? All right. So as far as the Warriors go, you know, quietly it's like the regular season they coasted. There was injuries they dealt with. They kind of handed off injuries all up and down the lineup from Durant to uh, Clay Thompson to Steph Curry, then they get them all together, playoffs begin, and they just start going through guys, going through teams like, you know, a bad chimichanga through your...
2: Shit through a tin horn Shit through a
1: tin horn is how they were going through guys. Is there any reason to believe they won't do the same to the Rockets?
2: I'm not buying the Rockets in this spot. They're they're the second-best team in the NBA, but this Warrior team does seem motivated because people are, are poking them, saying... I I feel like behind closed doors, Abe, they're getting fucking pissed. Okay. They're finding their edge. people are saying, well, the Rockets are better. They finally are going to challenge it. And they're like, we've won two titles. We're going to beat them. So I think that I, I would not be surprised if the Warriors won this series in five. Wow. Rockets did beat them two out of three this year. Yep. And they're going to bring up those stats. They're yeah. going to keep asking him about it, and they're going to keep kind of. I mean,
1: and it doesn't matter because those are regular season games that happen on Tuesdays and Thursdays at the back end of back to backers and road. You're traveling here, fresh but... off
2: a championship season. Right. This team didn't care.
1: They don't. They don't care. This they is, know this is scheduled to be seven in a row. Same team. Same team. Same team. Same team. Same team. Same team. We're we're good coaches. Focus in on, okay, here's what you're not going to do. Now adjust. Totally different than the regular season. But the Rockets did win two out of three. And look, Mike D'Antoni has
2: kind of revitalized his career here, but has he ever done anything in the postseason? Uh uh-uh.
1: uh. No. Mike D'Antoni was a clown. When he got it, with, fired with, with the Phoenix, Knicks. Phoenix. Yeah, and, well, with the it,
2: Knicks it, was a disaster. With course. the Lakers, it was a disaster. Yes, Phoenix, clown. he was Phoenix. He was revolutionary. He sure. He basic, He changed what we're watching now. He and basically in installed this high pace type of uh, game that we're that we're watching now and enjoying. Right. But that all being said, that Phoenix team never got it done despite all their success in the regular season. So it's kind of like with Toronto. Toronto, everyone's saying this is the year they've changed, but they hadn't changed. So how are you going to tell me that a Golden State Warriors team that really should have won three straight titles if Draymond Green doesn't kick LeBron in the nuts. (laughs) So Golden State, a team that won a title, won 73 games, won a title, seems to be rolling now. And Clint Capella played extremely well in in the uh, Utah series, he's a rim protector, and people are kind of slurping him. I really think that this death lineup that Golden State rolls out there with no bigs, Draymond yeah. Green playing center, they're just going to run circles okay. around Houston. Now he's not Jonas Valanciunas and a complete liability. He's got he can move a little bit, but I think he is going to be a big issue. For the Rockets early on, because they want Capella out there, because they they see what he could do. He's a a game changer at the rim. But I think this lineup that they throw out there with Draymond, Igadala, uh, uh, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry, they, they won't have an answer to it. All right, prediction,
1: Timmy. Western Conference Finals go, Warriors and five. Warriors and five. That is a bold one, and you heard it here first. I will be lightly rooting for the Warriors, just like I'm lightly rooting for Cleveland, because I do want to be, as we like to say, entertained. Are you not entertained? Of course. Are Are you not not entertained? entertained? And while I've got no use for Durant now, because he's revealed himself to be a complete beta bitch, and I can't stand beta bitches, but in addition to that, I don't super care for Steph Curry, but I marvel at watching him shoot jumpers that are insanely perfect. So I like watching Steph, even though I'm not a Steph fan. The dude who's my dog on Golden State, though, is Clay with a K. Clay Thompson is my dude. I love that guy. Here's a tweet from Chuck- Loves his chocolate milk and just shoots <laughs> yes. J's from the corner. Exactly. Here's, here's, here's the best tweet about Clay Thompson from, from Chuck D. Chuck D, the rapper and producer. Clay Thompson, he, he tweeted this. Clay Thompson is like that neighborhood minister that quietly leads the congregation. Does his piece, ushers families to seats, but when there's some hood drama in front of his church, he snatches that collar off, and you find out he's packing. <laughs> Boom! That's my guy. Clay Thompson. Okay. Anything else to add on the NBA playoffs before you get to fuck that guy, and we are out the door today? What are
2: we uh, no, I don't think so.
1: Okay. Do you like the fact that... Uh, uh, Marcus Smart Travel. They didn't call it the other night. Whoops. Oh, Sorry my God.
2: That. Zabe, you uh, you cannot talk shit about Boston on Twitter. I put that up there. I, I videoed it. And did I, you get, a, I put did it get up attacked? My, oh, <laughs> get the, get the, I got a GTFO, Murray, what, uh, from meaning, Matt Peralt from uh, SB oh, Nation Radio. Me, uh, meaning,
1: basically, they're not supposed to call that because it's not This was
2: the best argument. Well, what about what about all well, the polls they missed on Philadelphia? I'm like, I wasn't talking about those. Right. Well, they they didn't co-. I'm like, all I was t- saying was this final play of the game was a travel. I didn't I didn't say that there were other no. missed calls. Which by, by the way, uh Joel Embiid, yes, he was fouled, but they didn't he call was, it. Right. He was fouled by uh Baines. Baines. And I believe that the Celtics deserve to win. It wasn't a hot take, Zabe, but man, don't talk shit about Boston because Boston will get you. Boston <laughs> gets mad. Ooh, and you know what? Don't
1: talk shit about Boston. You know what? That traveled 1.4. Give the ball in the half court. Yeah. You get great gunners like Redick, who only needs a quick little sliver to get it off. I mean, that you know that could have decided oh. the game. And it was an obvious travel. It was like a totally easy travel to catch. As
2: as we are taping this, I just got a tweet. Sorry, not a travel.
1: Comes ah! down. Gather step. Two steps. <laughs> People just refuse it. It's hilarious. You can't take two steps without dribbling first. And he took a, a third step. He also right. took a third bunny hop there. Yeah, no, that's
2: that's not the but, way it goes. But, but Ben Simmons, what are you doing, bro? Like, that was the worst possible decision. He just threw it into the corner. Yeah, that Even was not if that's really caught that cleanly, good. what are yeah. you going to do? you got to throw it middle of the court. There we go. I'm not a good guy. I'm
1: the guy. Ha <laughs> ha, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, here we go, Murray. Who is your nominee for tonight? You know, Zabe, there's a a couple people out there, I feel like, that are worthy
2: of fuck that guy. Um, I know a lot of people in uh, the area that we live would throw a fuck that guy at two grumpy old men that host a television show on the four-letter. But I feel like that's been done. Uh, we have okay. exercised our demons when it comes to Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon
1: telling us how we should celebrate. Yeah, Wilbon, we're a minor league town because we're happy that the caps are in the f- semis for the first time in 20 years. Shame on us. I know, southside we're the worst, Abe. southside Wilbon who rooted for the cubs growing up. Hey bro, you're a white sock fan from where you grew up, but okay, whatever. So that's certainly worth a fuck that guy. So Wilbon's but... not getting your FTG this week. No. Um but if
2: you want to hear me get mad at him, a little self promotion, just go to my Twitter page, say at one Tim Murray. I, I gave him a little. I, I had it was on the radio, so it couldn't give huh? an FTG. But poking uh, the bear, okay. Good. Not uh, not thrilled there, but my fuck that guy is to Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger, you might remember him from such flirtations of retirement, like in 2016 and in 2017. But Zabe, once the Pittsburgh Steelers go out and draft a quarterback, not in the first round, not in the second round, in the third round, then Big Ben at 36 years of age and multiple flirtations with retirement gets his panties in a wad. I'm ready to play three more years. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. And then I just don't know how backing up or being a third stringer,
0: helps us win
2: now. Big finish. Let's go. Ben Roethlisberger, (laughs) Tom Brady, had Jimmy Garoppolo, had Ryan Mallett, had Kevin O'Connell, had Jacoby Brissett, all drafted in the third or second round. Shut the fuck up, Ben, and just go play football.
1: All right, my fuck that guy for this week doesn't go to John Skipper, who got hired again by another company. It doesn't even. Did go you to see the... little Golic? Uh, his... uh, that was great. That was fun. That was great. Yeah, it doesn't even go to the idiot who hired uh, John Skipper because he'll find out soon enough he made a huge mistake. My fuck that guy goes to one Phil Mickelson, who's trying to popularize something that'll never be popular—a work shirt while playing golf. Has an endorsement deal now with Mizzen and Maine. Wore that stupid thing while hacking his way to a four-over finish on Thursday afternoon. You know what, Phil? Fuck you! You
0: fuck that guy.
1: All right, for people that want to get hold of you and raz you on Twitter, at one Tim Murray. That's where I am. And also listen to Timmy every morning on SB Nation AM with the boys. Timothy, thank you, buddy. Always a pleasure, sir. Very good. See you next week. All right, we'll close with this. PFT commenter is a very popular character. Question mark, he's a real guy, but he kind of plays a character for barstool sports. He is from the DC area. He came to fame by putting some of the funniest, snarkiest comments on the pro football talk web page and has been a real Cinderella story ever since wears sunglasses, long hair cheesy little mustache, never is seen without the sunglasses, nobody knows his real name, wants to maintain that anonymity, he's got a great act and when I say that I don't mean that demeaning at all, I mean I'm a fan I'd like to meet him someday and just chat, just you know laugh because he's funny but it's a great act because the way he plays things the way he will subtly be able to sort of play this doofus hipster who's smart enough but just a little bit clueless but thinks he's really cool i'm telling you it is funny as shit so with the capitals of which he is a fan with the capitals making the eastern conference finals and taking on the Tampa Bay lightning he recorded a little video that was sent to our local channel 4 nbc station which is the longtime sort of kingpin of local stations with the local news team and he Directed this video at Doreen Gensler, who has been the queen of local TV news forever. A wonderful woman, a very attractive lady, and a great newswoman, and she's been at Channel 4 forever. So here's BFT Commenter with a little shout-out. That was actually, this clip was played on NBC4's Evening News in front of Doreen Gensler and uh, Doug Kammerer, their weather guy, and I forget, somebody else. Go ahead. Here we go.
0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's PFT Commenter here. I'm going to give a shout-out to the Washington Capitals. Really proud of you guys. Finally got over that hump against the Penguins. Um, it's been a long time coming, but I'm glad that it's here. Um, also, what's up, Doreen? Uh, I don't know if you remember me. Actually, you probably do. We had, like, a little spark for a while there. Um, I ran into a supermarket back in 2002, 2003. No big deal. Um, it was a safe way. And I was like, what's up? And you were like... So you had your headphones on, but I mean, I could tell that there was definitely like a connection there. So wanted to reach out and say what's up to you again. Um, just have your people get in touch with my people. We'll hang out, shoot the bull, catch a hang. No big no big deal. Um, oh, the Capitals. So good news is I'm giving everybody in D.C. the day off work tomorrow, day off school. You've earned it. Congrats. I have no idea if I'm authorized to do that or not, but uh, but I'm going to do it anyways. And here's a fun fact that I learned yesterday. We're playing Tampa Bay next round. Lightning. Has actually never struck the United States Capitol building, and I don't know if that's true or not. I think I made it up, but um, Doug, you might want to look into that because I think it's real. It sounds real, so yeah, it's real. No, it's definitely real. Okay, well, it's our year. Go Caps. Love you guys, DC. Bye. All right, game one is Friday, and by the way, we'll have. <laughs> yeah. We'll have more Doreen grocery store moments coming up at
1: eleven o'clock. So stay tuned for that. We'll see you at 11. I'm so <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we'll see you at 11. Now that is damn funny right there. Bravo. Bravo. Well done. Let's go, Caps. That'll be a wrap for today. You know the drill. Tell two friends who are tired of their boring sports radio at home. Leave a positive review. Download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets. iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify. You don't need to read all these things, do you? Seinfeld reminded us anybody can take the reservation it's the holding of the reservation that really counts thanks for listening and we will see you next time